The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. My name is Chris Crawford. Today is Thursday, August 17th. Definitely did have to go look at that on my little computer because the days are just flying by. The season is flying by. Uh, really excited to have my special guest today. She's awesome. I've known her for, uh, seems like a long time. I'm not really sure quite how long it is now, but uh, have been quite a good, has been a good internet friend of mine, which is what I think everybody has nowadays. She's also an awesome writer. She used to write for The Athletic, and she's currently covering the Philadelphia Phillies for the Philadelphia Inquirer, my friend Alex Coffey. Alex, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Chris. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. I, I have to give Alex a ton of credit. She's doing this after a delayed international flight after that series against the Blue Jays. Um, as a Mariner fan, I'm very appreciative of the Phillies uh, taking a couple there because uh, it's nice for the Seattle Mariners because they and the uh, Blue Jays are in a nice little playoff hunt. And obviously the Phillies are too. And the first thing I wanted to ask you is, I mean, you joined this beat at a very interesting time, I think. Uh, obviously, yeah. the team goes to the World Series <laughs> last year. Uh, has had its share of ups and downs, I think, in the year 2023. Uh, just kind of explain what it's been like to cover this team for the last couple of years. Uh, bizarre. Um, <laughs> uh, when I first arrived, Joe Girardi was manager. So we the lockout had just ended. So I had, I had to, That's right. Yeah, I had to book it to Florida. Um, Girardi was manager. Um, and then he got let go, I think in early June of last year. So I covered a managerial firing. Um, and then obviously like the playoff run breaking, um, an 11 year drought, that was a big, uh, that was a big deal. And then them going all the way to the world series, um, was not something that I was expecting. So, <laughs> um, so it was bizarre. And then, you know, this year it's just, I feel like anything can happen on a given night, whether it's sure. um, Lorenzen throwing a no hitter or, um, you know, the offense going completely silent the day after they score 13 runs or like, <laughs> I don't know, they do things like this all the time. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm like battle tested after like a year and a half. Battle test is a good word for it. I think like <laughs> that, that team, I mean, absolutely anything is possible the, the yeah. just volatility it's it's kind of similar to my seattle mariners i think a little bit where they're just all over the place the eight game winning streak followed by a three game losing streak against yeah. losing games against the kansas city royals but one in the next three it's uh it's a little similar um do you get the feeling that this can't a team is 
anything but a like a return to the World Series is considered a failure? Or where do you think the level of expectation is right now for this team? Well, we're talking about Philadelphia. And yeah, that's a good point. It's <laughs> <laughs> the most reactionary fan base in sports, I think. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. my inbox. I don't know. <laughs> um, so I would say that the expectations are definitely World Series or bust for the fans. Um, you know, they added in the offseason. They added Trey Turner, um, added at the trade deadline. So I think that there's just a lot of hype. You know, in, in the fans' mind, it's like they made it that far last year. Um, sure. and they added pieces. So logic would, you know – if, if you're going by logic, then they should be able to go back this year. But of, co- of course, like baseball doesn't work that way. Um, <laughs> and a lot of things had to go right for them to go to the postseason, you know, to the World Series last year. And that's not to discredit them and their run. Obviously, it was incredible. Um, but um, but yeah, it's like, can you repeat that in back to back seasons? And I think that that's just what we're going to have to wait to find out. But I would definitely say from the fan base's perspective, um, it's, you know, it's like World Series or bust. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's a, a great point, of course, with the Philadelphia angle. The uh, They are a very reactionary group. God love them for it because they can be very fun. And sometimes uh, if I was covering the team, maybe not so fun, I guess, sometimes. Yeah. But uh, as long as they keep it cordial, I think that's OK. Um, yeah. You talked you brought up Trey Turner, who. Look, signed to a very large contract, did not get off to a great start. And I think a lot of people were surprised by that, in part because he was so good in the World Baseball Classic. And then the results just didn't come. If I remember correctly, actually, he homered in either his first or second game. And then April was not kind to him. It looked like he was kind of figuring some stuff out in June and then a really poor July. It is worth pointing out that Turner has been so much better in August. Is this a case where I want to ask you two things? Do you think that the level of expectations hurt Turner at the beginning of the year, maybe pressing a little bit? And two, is this the Trey Turner that I think we should expect for the rest of the year? Um, well, I'm always like hesitant to put any expectations on anything. Cause I've, sure. I feel like everyone in this market has done that with him. Like um, <laughs> theorize whether he's back, whether we're going to see like the normal version of him and he always ends up just like biting you. So, <laughs> um, so I've learned my lesson with that one. Um, and he, you know, like, to be fair, he has shown us snippets of the type of player um, that we were expecting. You know, he's mm-hmm. had a couple of, like, multi-hit games in a row. And then, you know, you wonder, like, is he getting on a roll? And then he skids again. Um, but what I will say is that this extended streak, this hitting streak that he's been on, I think, like, he's recorded hits in, like, uh, 10 of his last 11 games or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um it does have like people within the organization optimistic, which I sure. think is like a better barometer than <laughs> us just throwing <laughs> darts at a dartboard. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I don't know. That makes me think that it's legit. Um, obviously, we'll see what happens, but but I do think that people around here, like internally, are optimistic. So. Yeah, I mean, look, there's there's no doubt that he's a, somebody fantasy managers drafted with a top three pick, some people taking him at the first pick of the draft. There was expectation. And look, it's been worth pointing out that Turner's gotten off to push starts before and then rebounded just fine. And I think people expected it, the rebound to happen a little bit sooner, but he looks better to me. Like the eye test, he certainly passes. I get a chance to watch him play an awful lot. Um, 
Do you think there's a chance that they move him back towards the top of the lineup, or do you think he's going to stick in this middle area? I think so. Um, Thompson has said that he likes him in the two hole. Um, so we'll see if he would move up there, you know, assuming that he continues to hit. Sure. Um, Bohm is hitting two right now, and Bohm has actually done a really good job in that spot. So I don't know, you know, I think we kind of just have to wait to see how that'll play out. Um, but one thing worth mentioning with Turner is that um, he said a few times that he wants to, he feels like the best version of himself as a hitter was his 2021 season. And I don't have the stats right in front of me. Sure. But, um, he just felt like he was making better decisions and seeing the ball well and striking out less, hitting for more power. Um, and I asked him the other day if he feels like he's like trending in that direction and he feels like he is. Um, so, and obviously his 2022 season was good too. Um, but, um, but that's kind of what he's striving towards. Interesting. I think it's encouraging, um, to hear from him that he feels like he is like heading that way. Interesting. So I'm looking at the box score here and I, I didn't mention this when we were talking before the show, but so Bryce Harper goes three for four with a couple of homers, 291, 379, 442. The 442 is a little bit disappointing, but obviously massive for the Philadelphia Phillies to have that guy playing at his best again. I wanted to ask you about the first base position. Um, how does the organization feel like that's going? And I'm sorry to if this is something that uh, is a little tougher to bring up. And also, do you think it's a position he could play more next year as well? Um, I think that overall they're thrilled that he is even – that he is offered to play first base, that he's able sure. to play first base just so that he can right. get Schwarber off of his feet because yeah. he hasn't been put on the IL, but it's clear that he's not like moving super well and that sure. he might, might be dealing with some stuff that he's just not mentioning, um, which isn't great when you're playing left field. Right. So, um, so moving Schwarber to DH um, and then Harper to first, like alleviates a lot of that, you know, mm -hmm. that stuff. Um so I think the only thing, you know, I don't think that they were expecting him to have as much like back soreness early on when he was playing the position. Um, sure. He was playing DH for a couple of days recently because of back spasms. Mm. Um, and right now he's day to day at first base. It's going to be like kind of a game time decision based on how he's feeling. Right. Um, he said last night that he felt fine. It was his, it was his first game back at first base in a while. Um, and he wants to play there a lot. So I think if it were up to him, he'd be out there like all the time. I think that there, he has a history of back problems. So they're just trying to be precautionary, you know, about him, like bending over, obviously it puts a different kind of strain on your body than yes. playing right field does. So, um, so yeah, they're just trying to be cognizant of that. Um, but, uh, but all in all, it's like, you know, it, it affected their trade deadline plans. Like because sure. Harper was able to play first, they don't have to go out and find, first base you know like it's there's a trickle effect to all that stuff so absolutely yeah it's it's funny talking about obviously it's not funny talking about back problems I mean I, I hurt my back when I try to pick up my dogs so I can't imagine how hard it is for these yeah. guys who are dealing with that stuff but it is worth pointing out Bryce Harper was drafted as a catcher and mm. they probably saved his career a lot of because, you know, back problems happen anyway. But if this was going to become a long-term issue with him, like if you would have been playing that catcher position, you're talking about making a positional switch or you're talking about cutting down his career. They they very much made the right decision making Bryce Harper an outfielder. Yeah. Um, what, what a great player that guy is, by the way. I mean, yeah. it's yeah. I think it's some, we somehow underrate Bryce Harper based on the fact that 
impossible to live up expectations. One of the few baseball prospects who's been on Sports Illustrated. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so we talked about uh, Trey Turner having a little bit of a disappointing year. Uh, his double play partner is not. Bryson Stott is now hitting 297, 342, 438. And look, there was a very high expectation for Stott after his ridiculous spring training in 2021. Didn't exactly live up to expectations. I think he showed those flashes of brilliance, though. I think he's been a really underrated part of the Phillies' success this year so far. And I feel like, and you can, Alex, you can tell me if I'm wrong, this is just kind of hitting the, we have not seen the best of Bryson Stott yet. No, definitely not. I mean, he's in his second big league season. And, you know, fans fans are definitely taking note. I mean, they love his at-bats. He takes these ridiculously long at-bats and makes the pitcher work. And his knowledge, his instincts are really good. His knowledge of the strike zone is good. I usually yeah. go by his version of a strike rather than, like, um, <laughs> like you know what I mean? I remember yes. talking to some of his college coaches, and they were like um, – if he took a pitch, it's probably they're like we're going by him, like we're going by his his version of events rather than the umpires. <laughs> um, so you know, so they have an admiration for that, but also you know, his hitting for average, and that wasn't something that he was able to do last year. Um, so he's improved in that respect. He's done a better job with like hitting high fastballs, which was a pitch that eluded him last year. Mm. His defense is better. Um, the Phillies like middle infield defense ranks is like one of the best in baseball right now. Right. Pretty crazy. Um, given some of their like previous infield defenses. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Bryson Stott is, you know, is at the heart of that. He has, I think, 10 outs above average. So um, so yeah, he's just all around like a really instinctual good ball player who I think gets overshadowed nationally just because there's a lot of star power on this team. Sure. Um, but he definitely does not get overshadowed locally. People love him here. That's awesome. Yeah. And like, you know, if you take a look at the metrics, you know, his hard hit percentage is a little low, but like you mentioned it, his approach at the plate is so good. Um, yeah. Strikeout percentage is in the 87th percentile with in the 94th percentile. And you mentioned that defense too, 98th percentile. Do you think there's ever a chance he moves over to the shortstop position or are they pretty comfortable with him as the second baseman? I think they're comfortable with him as second baseman for now. Um, he played a lot of short last year when Segura was on um, the injured list. And my guess is like as long as Turner, you know, they just want to keep everyone sure. comfortable right now rather than like switching him back and forth. But, um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, given like the results so far, if you're going by um, outs above average and stuff like that, I think that they're pretty happy. Yeah. And they should be. And look, as we, I personally believe that we're going to see more limitations on the shift as we go forward in this type of thing. And it's going to matter even more second base defense. Obviously you're not able to play the the Rover position as I like to call it anymore, but you're still um, seeing some shift stuff that the, the idea that the shift was banned, I think Alex, you can tell better than anybody (laughs) is absolutely not true. There's lots of infielders playing in different spots, but I do think that we're going to see more limitations like that, and I think that should be a good reason to keep Stott at that second base position. Uh, Real quick before we get into the second half, uh, I believe I saw Brandon Marsh is going to start a rehab assignment pretty soon. Um, I think that's a pretty big return for the Phillies and probably going to be in an everyday role once he gets back as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, He played a lot of left field. He was playing left field at the time that he was injured. I don't even remember how long ago that was, like a week. (laughs) week and a half ago um like that. 
And he played a lot of uh, left field in Anaheim. Um, so he feels comfortable there. Um, you know, again, the Phillies, for all of their previous, the, the players that they've fielded before, I mean, they have an incredible defensive outfield now between like Christian yeah. Pache when he's healthy and sure. uh, Johan Rojas, um, you know, those two guys um, in center and then Marsh, Marsh and left. Um, and then Castellanos has improved a lot in right field too. So he always like whips out a miraculous catch every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He does have a flair for the dramatic, doesn't yeah. he? Whether it's, uh, <laughs> whether it's something that uh, a lot of people still like to talk about involving a deep drive to left field or just making some. And sometimes I think Castellanos has a uh, flair for making the routine look spectacular. Like maybe he doesn't get the best jumps and then he just happens to get there. But there's also been some unbelievable plays there. It's, it's funny to think about him as a third baseman, by the way. Um, it's funny we talked about defense because – we did a podcast uh, about a year ago, and we were just like talking about, can this defense ever get any better? Like this was such a struggling group, but now it's like legitimately, if you were talking about like an NBA league class ranking type thing, if you're doing MLB extra innings, like the Phillies would be high on my list of defenses to watch. That's a pretty massive turnaround. Yeah, and you have to give credit to Bobby Dickerson, their infield coach, sure. who's like a defensive wizard out there. And then – um Paco Figueroa, who um, helps with the outfielders, but he likes to say, I remember Paco telling me that he has, <laughs> he has two center fielders out there on a given night, which is, <laughs> terrible, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. I mean, I, there was a time when Phillies fans were filled with fear and dread every time a pop fly was hit out or any kind of fly ball was hit out to the outfield. Sure. Now, now uh, they feel less anxiety. So <laughs> That is that is a good thing good for all of us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're going to be talking about the pitching in the second half of the show, but first, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. We know the weather can impact how far a ball can fly, but we never know what all that heat and humidity or cold air is really doing to the ball. The Home Run Forecast Index gives us an easy way to determine how good or bad the air is for ball flight. The index is calculated by measuring stadium-specific weather conditions and is displayed on a scale from 1 to 10, 1 being the most unfavorable for good ball flight and 10 indicating the most favorable air. There is a strong correlation between the index and the number of runs scored per game and the number of home runs hit. Games that have that highest index of 10 for the whole game average over 10 runs and 2.8 homers over the course of the year. An index is created for each game, so you can see what it will be in any stadium and how the weather's influence will change over the course of the game, as well as the wind direction. Right now, you can get access to the HRF Premium site for only $5 a month and see what the index will look like for every hour of every game. Go to homerunforecast.com now to sign up. All right, so let's talk about that pitching, Alex, which I think has been kind of hit and miss uh, a little bit, which is, you know, kind of true for a lot of Major League Baseball teams. But I wanted to bring up one name in particular. I don't think Ranger Suarez gets enough attention. Like, and he's been really good as of late. And I think people forgot, too, that Ranger Suarez was a massive part of their postseason success last year. Working, yeah. you know, he was in, could, it wasn't an opener per se at first, but like working in those early innings and then becoming like, a critical starter for them consistency not necessarily ranger suarez's friend but he's pitching awfully well right now if you let me ask you two things one ranger suarez obviously a long-term starter i believe and two if this team is in the postseason right now is he one of their first two starters or is that probably still going to be nola and uh, that that other guy too zach wheeler, wheeler. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, I think so. And I honestly, I mean, I think Lorenzen is in the conversation right now. Oh, that's a good um, point too. It's super early. He's only thrown two, you know, two, he's only made two starts, but one of them was a no hitter and the other was an eight inning outing. <laughs> so <laughs> a really good impression early on. Sure. Um, I feel like with that one, the Phillies just like caught him at the perfect time. You know, he was oh, yeah. like, he's really been hitting his stride recently. So, um, so we'll see how that one plays out, but um, but yeah, definitely Ranger in the mix, and he's he's a great fit for them just because he can provide versatility of like you know he pitched out of the bullpen last postseason, you know there was a game that he or I think there was a game that he closed if I remember correctly or he like wow. the final you know and he just he's unflappable he doesn't care like he really sure. genuinely you know doesn't care how he use how he's used he doesn't the moment isn't too big for him if anything he's like too lax. Um, so, <laughs> um, so yeah, I think he's been a real asset for them. And as far as this season goes, it's been a little inconsistent. He started with an injury and then had a great June. Um, and July was a little bit bumpy and then August he's kind of settled down a little bit. So, um, I don't really know what to make of him at this point, just cause it's kind of been up and down. Um, but, um, but yeah, he's definitely, definitely someone that I, would assume that they would bring yeah absolutely like i i think i i just think he's such an underrated piece and like yeah. for fantasy managers as well like 
he's not an elite bat misser, but he certainly can get those strikeouts. The, the walks can be a little bit troubling, but he does a pretty darn good job of keeping the ball in the park as well. Um, yeah. I think Suarez has a chance to be, and it may take him actually changing organizations a little bit to get into like the middle of a rotation rather than being a back end guy. Uh, speaking of middle rotation guys, Taiwan Walker, whose next start is going to be skipped. Um, is that just a one-time thing or is that kind of to be determined as well? They haven't said yet. Um, I talked to the Phillies pitching coach uh, two days ago and he's like totally convinced that the extra rest is going to help with the velocity stuff. So I think it's kind of like trial and error at this point to see how he like reacts physically to the extra rest and see if it has the impact they're thinking it will. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's another one that's been um, remarkably inconsistent, had a really good stretch, sure. um, seemed to figure some stuff out and then, you know, has recently seen his velocity dip to levels that he's never seen before in his career um so yeah and that obviously has a has an effect on all of his other pitches like he's just not getting as much swing and miss when his velo right. drops a couple ticks so um so yeah it's it's been puzzling <laughs> it makes me feel very old too that taiwan walker is a guy that like you're worried about velocity a little bit with you know what i mean because like <laughs> i i started covering prospect and stuff when Taiwan Walker was like the Seattle Mariners, I think like the 43rd pick of that draft. And it was like 97 to 99. And now you're talking about uh, a guy who's having the velocity issues and it, it comes for all of us. It comes for all of us, probably not you, but it'll definitely come for me. Um, the, the issues that come with age, but uh, yeah, at Walker, you know, he's been, you know, we talk about how the wins a flaw, but he's already picked up 13 of them and it's been a major help for fantasy managers. Uh, will be really interesting to see now that the Phillies do actually have a little bit of starting pitching depth, like a guy that you don't have to like rush back. And I will be curious to see if, um, you know, if they obviously want him in the rotation, he was a big part of their, you talked about their off season moves, Taiwan Walker being uh, added to solidify the middle of that rotation, but they can kind of afford to play the wait and see game a little bit more now. Yeah. 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 No, I think so. I think they definitely can. Um, and Rob Thompson has made it clear. He's like, Aside from Wheeler, everyone else is pitching for a spot in the postseason. Sure. So, yeah. yeah. He's, I mean, yeah. he's not someone who, like, you know, makes statements like that often. So I feel like when they hear things like that, they're like, oh, okay. Let's go <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a, that'll light a fire under you. That's the yeah. uh, PV13 <laughs> way to put that. Um, the uh, closer situation in uh, that, that issue is one that really hasn't been. The problem that I think a lot of people expected, Crane Kimbrell, has mostly been solid. But Jose Alvarado, who I believe is going to start a rehab assignment as well, when if and when Alvarado is able to come back for this final month, is that somebody who's going to compete with saves? Or do you think Kimbrell kind of has this locked down right now? I think so. I mean, Kimbrell pitched the eighth um, on last night. My God, my concept of time is <laughs> last night. So it's not like, you know, Thompson is always really hesitant to name a closer specifically, but, you know, you read the writing on the wall and Craig Kimbrell is Craig Kimbrell and he's been a closer for forever and he's sure. pitching in the ninth lot. So my um, guess would be like most nights it's Kimbrell. Um, but, but yeah, I could see Alvarado based on like matchups and stuff, getting some time in the ninth inning too, or in save situations. Um so we'll see. He uh, he pitched an inning on Tuesday, and then he make, pitches another inning on Friday. Okay. 
So I think depending on how that goes, he could be back pretty soon. It's an interesting little bullpen that the Phillies have there. There's a, a lot of volatility, I think. I think people also forget how good Alvarado was prior to the injury. An ERA oh, wow. of 1.38, 13.5 strikeouts, uh, uh, K9 rate. Also, though, I think he's maybe more valuable as somebody who's not in that closer role. The high mm-hmm. leverage guy, the guy you can get lefties and righties out. And you have Kimbrell who, you know, at this point, give Kimbrell a lot of credit because I think a lot of people were very down on Kimbrell coming into the year thinking that maybe he was done as a closer. He's been fine in that role. It's, it's not been elite. He doesn't miss bats quite at the same rate, although 12.3, it's weird to say that's not at an elite rate anymore. It's just baseball is changing (laughs) ever so much, but he also got guys like Sir Anthony Dominguez, Junior Marte, Gregory Soto. Um, It's, it seems like the bullpen bullpen and defense seem to be like the biggest issue for the Philadelphia Phillies for a long time. I don't know if I necessarily want to call it a strength, Alex, but it's getting closer to that area. Yeah. 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 I mean, the bullpen is weird because in, I'd say like for the first half of the season, their pitching, starting pitching and bullpen really carried the team. Sure. Um, and it, only recently has the bullpen really started to feel a little bit more volatile, you know, Sarantini, mm. Um, Thompson says that he seems a little off and they're looking at some stuff with his delivery. And, um, you know, I think that they might make some like slight tweaks with him. Um, cause his command or his control, he's just having a lot of control issues. Sure. I think he walked three hitters in his last, or I don't know how many hitters, I think two hitters in his last outing. So, and hit a guy and walked in a run. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it wasn't a great, in a pivotal spot. So that was yeah. a great, a great showing, um, you know, and then Soto has been a little bit inconsistent recently. Um, and Kimbrell, honestly, like, honestly, as of right now, Kimbrell is like the only guy that you can really trust in that whole entire group, which is yeah. crazy to think about given his age, yeah. And like yeah. the fact that people thought he was done. Um, but, um, but yeah, I think that they're very eager for Alvarado to get back because he can provide a little bit of a, relief in some of those high leverage innings. Um, they're also using a seven man bullpen right now. So um, everyone is, everyone is pitching in high leverage innings and sure. it's, I think it's just kind of, you know, we're seeing a little bit of wear and tear from that. Man, I tell you, that's one thing that I'm still not used to is thinking, cause I'm going to show my okay boomer moment, but I remember I still remember 11 pitching uh, 11 man staffs was like the thing. That was the thing everybody did. And if you had 12, it's like, man, what's going on? Or now it's like, you really need 13 to really feel confident about these guys because of how little people, uh, how few guys can really get in deep into games. The Phillies are fortunate that they do have guys like Nola and Wheeler, who you can kind of rely on for six inning starts, that certainly helps with in that regard and will certainly be a big thing for them, assuming they're making the postseason. And at this point, I don't want to call it a lock. It sure seems likely that they're going to be that top wild card spot, in part because it's kind of a cesspool in the National League right now, Alex. <laughs> the teams behind them are just not all that great, but it'll be really interesting to see. Um, unfortunately don't think they can challenge for the division, which, you know, probably was a goal of the team. We talked about that earlier and how the world series is kind of a boomer bust thing for Philadelphia fans, but, um, wanted to talk about Andrew Painter before we let you go. Uh, Painter is a guy that fantasy managers obviously know really well, considered the best pitching prospect in baseball coming into the year. And I think Alex, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. 
I think was someone who really had a chance to be a member of that Philadelphia rotation fairly early, maybe not making the team out of the camp, but had a chance just because like this was a guy who had a 1.56 ERA in double A. Would you agree that he did have that chance to make the, an early impact and just how important is this guy for the Philadelphia uh, franchise in terms of prospect uh, ranking, obviously very high, but you know, teams obviously value guys differently than necessarily on lists. I'm guessing the Phillies still feel very confident about Andrew Panter long-term. Yeah. Um, I mean, Dave Dombrowski said that he was saving a spot for a young player and, you know, it didn't take a, you know, I don't, it doesn't take a lot of like research or detective work to figure out that like he's talking about Andrew Painter when he says stuff like that. <laughs> sure. um, so I think that he actually was, I mean, he, I think he was going to make the team out of spring training. I think he had a lock for a spot in the rotation, which says a lot. Um, sure. But it's also, you know, he's so young and he's growing and it's just really t- difficult for a guy that's like throwing as hard as he is at that age. You know, it's just, it's complicated. It's not an easy oh, thing yeah. to do. Um, so, you know, he added a new pitch. I think he added a cutter in spring training. So that was, you know, there were just a lot of moving pieces. Um, so they definitely don't want to jeopardize any of that. And, you know, and with Nola hitting free agency this off season and then Wheeler right. going to pr- be a free agent at some point, um, I think the next off season, if I remember correctly, I think um, you're right. You know, they're going to need more starting pitching and he was a natural guy to fill that fill that spot so um so yeah we'll see how he he progresses but um but there's definitely a lot of uh there's still a lot of hype around him a lot of belief in him yeah I think the thing the reason why I'm still really excited about Andrew Painter is like his stuff is obviously very good like we're talking about three plus plus pitches the thing that made me so exciting to me is that his command is so good. Like he throws mm-hmm. everything for strikes. He repeats his delivery, especially for a six foot seven guy to repeat yeah. his delivery as well as he does is incredibly impressive. So yeah, you're talking about a long layout for those who don't know. Um, he underwent elbow reconstruction surgery in late July. Mm-hmm. So it's, we're probably talking about a late 2024 ETA at best, maybe somebody you hold off until 2025, but that'll be really interesting to see. But Long term, in terms of pitching prospects, the the other guy that I'm uh, really intrigued by for the Phillies as well uh, is Mick Abel, who I think probably will make his debut next year. The numbers aren't great, a 4.94 ERA, but 103 strikeouts and 85 and a third innings was their first round pick uh, in 2020, I think. Yeah, uh, I think he's another guy who has a chance to help. That um, since you brought up Nolan free agency, it, I'm not going to make you like. Do you think he's coming back? Do you think he will be back? I know that the Phillies probably want him back, but this is probably one of the more difficult decisions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it depends on like what their camp is looking for and what, you know, I really don't know. Um, I'm assuming that he would want some kind of multi-year deal somewhere. And I'm not sure that the Phillies would want to do that. If, um, you know, if they know that Painter is coming back, like they, they have a need for pitching and Painter is going to be ready by the start of 2024, you know? So that, like I think the Painter stuff and the Nola stuff are tied in that way. Like I think that Painter undergoing that surgery um, increases the likelihood that Nola, like in you know the likelihood that that could happen. But um, but I don't know. I mean I think it depends on what they're looking for, obviously, and what the Phillies are willing to do. So um, I'd say it's more likely than I thought um, 
it was before Painter got injured, if that makes sense. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> 100% it does, because you really can't rely on Painter to be a 2024 option. They have guys like, like Christopher Sanchez. It's worth pointing out, I-, I meant to mention this earlier, that was considered a disaster of the trade by the Phillies to trade Curtis Mead, who is one of the better prospects in Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. And Christopher Sanchez was kind of seen as a organizational arm might be mean, but it was kind of where he's been seen. He's been pretty big for them. Hasn't he? Yeah, he has. He has. He's been like reliable. I feel like his outings are pretty much all the same. It's like six innings pitched or so seven innings pitched gives up like two earned runs. <laughs> like, sure. No, whatever though. It's, you know, that's like, yeah. Keep them in the game, and yeah, it's it's more reliable than they were getting out of Bailey Falter, who's pitching out of that spot. So, yeah, that's good point. um, Yeah, so I think that they've been really, really happy with how he's he's stepped up, Um, and it'll be interesting to see what they do moving forward. I don't think that they're going to stick with like a six man rotation forever, but you know, obviously they want to give Walker rest and they want to give Nola rest too because Nola pitches better when he has some rest and given all mm-hmm. the things that he's logging. So, um, so yeah, we'll see, but, but Sanchez brings that versatility, you know, he can pitch out of the bullpen. He can be kind of like a long relief type guy. Um, so they could use him in a bunch of different ways. All right. Before I let you go, what's the best cheesesteak in Philadelphia? Oh, uh, I don't have a good answer for this cause I'm not a cheesesteak person. Um, okay. yeah. Fair. So I don't know if, that means I'm going to have like a target on my back now, but um, no. <laughs> um, but I'd so rather your... that than like, then say that this place is the best and have people get sure. That's fair. <laughs> what's your, uh, what's your go-to uh, restaurant around the park then? And we'll, we'll ask you that since we, uh, we can't, we're, you're non-committal on the cheesesteak. Um, around the park. Um, honestly, there's not, it's, it's like the Sixers arena and then, um, oh, that's stadium. It's like a stadium trio over there. So there isn't really much over there. I'd say my favorite, um, my favorite restaurant in the city is probably, um, this place called Tallulah's garden. And it's like in center city or like a uh, written house. I don't know. I'm getting like too in, in depth, but um, <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. It's a good spot. If anyone from Philadelphia is listening, <laughs> I think a lot of people in Philadelphia are listening. Uh, so that's we've got hundreds of millions of people listening to this. So you're definitely going to get DMs <laughs> asking about why you hate cheesesteaks and why you hate uh, why you think Aaron Nola hasn't signed a seven year, two hundred ten million dollar contract. All of that's going to happen, and I can only apologize. Uh, Alex, thanks so much for doing this. Please promote all the good work that you're doing. Thanks so much, Chris. Um, so anyone that wants to follow me um, can just go to inquire.com um, slash Phillies. All my stuff is there. And then I'm on Twitter at by Alex coffee and that's coffee with a Y at the end. And I'm also on threads kind of just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. So if you want to follow me there, you can follow me there too. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a pretty good uh, way to uh, describe threads right now. <laughs> seeing what's happening. No pressure. We'll see how it works out. Um, Thanks everybody so much for listening to the Roadwire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter or X or whatever the heck they call it now at Crawford (laughs) underscore M-I-L-B. Like like Alex said, you can follow her at by Alex Coffee. Um, Make sure you hit like, subscribe, all that good stuff for the show. We really appreciate it. New episodes every single day of the week for the rest of the regular season. 
Thanks again, everybody, and we'll see you next time. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.